Hey there, and welcome to Blazing the Path, hosted by Rob Hetherington. This is a Portland Trailblazers podcast by a fan for the fans. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hey everyone, welcome back. Blazers and NBA fans alike, what a week for not only the Blazers in, in an unfortunate manner, but the league as a whole. Let's get into it. Blazers, game six. What can be said? It was very, very tough to see the way this team, you know, fell behind in the fourth quarter. Um, but before that happened, it was a first half that just saw numerous bright spots to where you would think this game was going to a game seven. So let's start from the top. Uh, going into this game, Damian Lillard, you know, across the league, on Twitter, on social media, the league just blew up, you know, commenting on his 55-point game, 12 three-pointers, um, several of them coming in the clutch, you know, to send the game um, into overtime, and then he carried the team in the first overtime. Uh, they weren't able to get it done in the second overtime in Game 5. Besides Dame, the team shot just 1 of 19 in the overtimes, and that's just that's just something that's demoralizing, and, you know, it makes this team um, going into Game 6 probably question, you know, their identity for Game 6. Um, obviously an offensive powerhouse, but not a team on defense that can really even hold their own. And you probably have a lot of guys already wrapping up this year. You hate to say it, but realistically, um, you know, I'm sure some of the main guys that plan on sticking around were probably very in-depth in the game. But some of the other guys probably were thinking this, you know, this series was coming to a close. Um, could kind of see the momentum shifting drastically towards Denver after being tied 2-2. Two to two. Um, But that being said, going to game six, you know, um, it started off with a couple of bright spots, you know, um, besides Michael Porter Jr. torching them. You know, Norman Powell loses Mark, Michael Porter Jr., um, who hits a three, and then CJ can't get to him. He hits another three. Uh, Nurkic played some solid D on the Joker early. Um, Powell played some great offense early. You know, um, Powell had eight of the first 14 points for the Blazers. He gets two great steals, one on MPJ and one on Austin Rivers. Then a little bit later, Robert Covington steals from Jokic. Um, It's still, you know, a battle. Um, Both sides going back and forth. Dane gets a layup to tie it, 22-22. Dame hits a three, 22-25. Um, Norman Powell then played great D on, you know, just about everyone besides Michael Porter Jr. So you got to expect changes to come later in the game. Robert Covington had a good closeout 
um, on Jokic, but you just cannot even allow that shot to take place to tie it 25-25 to um, with Jokic seeing in this series. Um, and throughout the season that the Blazers have played them, it's clear he can make those awkward off-balance threes with ease. You, can, you have to deny him the thought of even taking the shot because once he thinks to shoot it, it's probably going in. Rocco, um, you know, very solid to start, like I said, and then Melo hits a, it's a clutch three, 25 to 28. Um, you know, you might get torched occasionally. This is a league of mature professionals, but you can't allow it every game by the same guy. And that's, that's what you see Jokic do in that first quarter. Um, not so much, you know, just him, but finding MPJ when he's not getting open is just deadly, especially going forward with MPJ being healthy and playing at an elite level. Um, they drafted him, kind of, you know, set him aside to get healthy, and now he's just a force to be reckoned with. Um, so you hope to see the Blazers change up the defense on him later in this game. And what comes next is Anthony Simons coming into the game, playing some solid minutes for them. You love his evolution towards the second half of the season going to the playoffs, shooting at an insane rate above 40% from three. Um, he hits a three to make it 27 to 33. Blazers are looking good again. And then uh, Powell continues to get his, 29-36. Um, after that, you know, CJ gets a great cut and a dunk. He's having a decent start to the game as well to make it 31-38. Um, Jokic got in early foul trouble. He had two fouls guarding Nurkic and whatnot. And then he almost gets a third, probably should have been a third foul call. And that's where you might see this game change differently than the way it did, just because, you know, playing with three fouls early in the second quarter, um, they're not going to rely on him as much. They want him there at the end of the game. So that, that could have been a difference maker, but nonetheless, they move forward. Um, Marcus Howard, who's, who is a human torch at Marquette, drops a dime uh, to make it 36-38. You know, he's just a guy that comes in. He He's, you know, the definition of a nugget this year. How Michael Malone wants them to play and everything, the culture they have. Because he just comes in. He takes shots. He's he's taking shots that a lot of guys wouldn't even take, especially in their first year in the league. Um, he didn't score too much in this game, but definitely saw his impact in the second quarter on offense, getting the, getting the ball facilitated. Melo, you know, four straight points, makes it 38-42. to 42. Um, unfortunately, they don't close out on a Composo three. Um, you leave you leave any you know point guard that's played European basketball um, in this league shoot an open three. They're going to make it. That's what they. That's what a lot of you know those those three point specialists do. Um, great offense from Powell to Mello, and then to CJ. You love to see the the three pass offense. He hits a three to make it a 45-41 game. You know, there's a reason CJ's number three. He's lethal from downtown. Uh, it's just it's just beautiful to see him go to work in that second quarter. He gets another good look, doesn't get it. Um, Nurkic plays great. Deion Jokic forces a miss three. You don't see Nurkic scoring early in this game, um, which likely led to, you know, um, not just that, but, you know, this entire playoff series likely led to some of his comments after the game. We'll get to a little bit later. Um, how he was discouraged and going forward, you know, things of that nature, how he's discouraged. Um, McComb gets another great look from three, unfortunately misses. Um, Lillard smartly follows Jokic when it's 43-45 just because you, you don't want him going up on Lillard. That's a guaranteed basket. Not not because 
Dame is not playing good defense these playoffs. Um, I think he actually is, uh, especially these playoffs compared to other years. But um, Jokic just, you do not want to have him on a point guard. Uh, CJ and Dame have very few turnovers. That's what they're known for um, in this first half. And yet the Nuggets still have way too many points going into the half. Um, you know, this is just something that cannot happen when your team prevents turnovers. You expect, you know, under 50 points and a half. Um, Dame is on Jokic again. You can't guard him. Makes it 45-45. Uh, fortunately, CJ um, continues to be in his bag with the layup package and whatnot this series. He takes Aaron Gordon straight to the basket, make it 45-47. Um, free throws back and forth, you know, kind of a lull in the game. Um, then Lillard plays some great D on Michael Porter Jr. off of a off-balance three, which is exactly what you want to see him take because he's not like Jokic where he can get it off those off-balance threes. He pretty much needs to get a comfortable fluid motion at this point. I'm sure he'll develop that and be even more deadly um, with the KD comparisons, you know, just going into this series, what they've been saying about him on TNT and everything. Um, he's got that long shot. It's very high up in the air, just like KD. It's hard to even get to. Um, but you force him off balance, and there's a good chance you know you're gonna you're gonna prevent uh, a mishap. Um, after that, you know you can't keep them from getting the ball. You can take the shots away, and that's what they tried to do in the second quarter. It worked well for a time, but then it looked like the Nuggets adjusted. Uh, Lillard, another field goal, makes it 51-47. Norman Powell steps up, plays great D on a guy pretty tall, pretty tall compared to him, Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, and then Dane uh, takes MPJ's three-point shot away, and that's when we first see him start to step up on MPJ, an unlikely matchup, but it, it shows, you know, early, early signs of positivity. He forces an off-balance pass, and then it kind of it kind of slows the possession. They don't get anything there. Dame starts dropping dimes to Nurkic in the pick and roll. It's great to see that get going. That's a big thing for Nurkic. Get his confidence going on offense, um, and then on the defensive end, he's that much more deadly just because he's he's playing with that rim protection um, emphasis because he feels like he's he's getting involved in the game like he should be, as he as he should feel that way. Um, Ag turns it over. Aaron Gordon just. Not holding on to the ball there. Norm getting whatever he wants inside off the turnover. Makes it 49-55. You look at the big three for the Blazers. Um, not necessarily the big three the Nets have. But, you know, 37 combined points midway through the second quarter. you got to love to see that. All three guys stepping up big. Um, Dame actually at that point had hit 34 three-pointers. Uh, which was a record for the playoff series. Um, just remarkable, especially considering this didn't, you know, this isn't a series um, that won a full seven games. He, he ended up with 34, you know, by the end of that second quarter. Um, Anthony Simon splashes yet another three to make it 58-51. You love to see that from him. He knows how to get his shot. Working with Dame in the odd seasons, I'm, sh- I'm sure that played a role. Monte Morris starts, starts cooking. He hits a, a two on Powell. Fortunately, misses the free throw on an and one. Um, Anthony hits yet another three on a dime from Dame to make it 61-53. And then from there, um, Nurk does his beautiful gather layup where he, he kind of gets it in the air to go around the defender. 
And then he's got a wide open layup from there, even though it is a little off balance. Make it 53-63. Um, Nuggets play great offense with the multiple passes that you like to see from a team um, on offense. And it leads to a Morris 3 to make it 56-63. Going to the third quarter, that Morris 3 um, at the end, at the buzzer, you just cannot allow someone to hit a one-handed three-point three shot on you. you you've got you've to swap that out of there especially when it's right in front of you. Um, going into the third quarter, starts off, um, you know, a little on the on the downside. Turnover from Dame. MPJ gets a wide-open dunk, you know what I mean, to make it 58-63. to 63. From there, um, Lillard has a great take past two bigs. Goes right by Aaron Gordon and Jokic, showing his um, dynamic scoring ability to make it 65-58. Um, at that point, Nurkic just watches Jokic shoot a three, and you just, you just cannot have that. He's probably feeling discouraged um, that he just wasn't getting the ball in the first half on the post or anything like that. Um, makes it 65-61. Lillard hits a step-back three in heavy coverage like he's known to do. Makes it 68-61. Um, at that point, Nurkic started heating up a little bit on the offensive boards. He gets a put-back layup, get it to 70-61. to at that point, you know, Nurkic had zero fouls. Great to see in the third quarter because he fouled out game four and you just you can't have that happen down the road in these games. Nurkic, you see foul out in game five, um, which is just terrible for this Blazers team. Rocco, you know, starting to show up on the defensive end again. He swats Michael Porter Jr., um, leads to a Nurkic layup in the fast break. Next possession, the Blazers get Rocco splashes a three, make it 73-61. Um, Nurkic has played great D this third quarter, um, but he ends up getting pushed by Jokic on a layup attempt and just completely backs off from there. Um, could have definitely played up on that shot. Allows a wide-open layup, 75-63. Um, at that point, Powell has already had 17 points. Towards the end of this third quarter, he makes it 79-68. Um, Rocco yet again denies Michael Porter Jr. And in the fast break, allows a CJ3 to make it 82-68. Um, Jokic hits a bank jumper. Uh, just a beautiful basketball shot to make it 70-82. Uh, Jokic, next possession, has great footwork on a fake. He gathers and hits a floater on Nurkic. Nurkic gets his first foul, and then it's an and one from Jokic to make it 86-73. Rocco just plays great in his third quarter. He gets the the great defensive stop, then he runs down, gets an open three, make it 86-73. Um, you just love to see Rocco getting involved in the offense because when he does, he, he starts to hit threes at a high clip. He hits another three, makes it 89-75. Boys just get their biggest of the game at 14. Uh, from there, it just it just starts to kind of unravel. Um, you know, McCollum's getting his mid-range shots, but they're not going. Morris keeps losing his defenders and scoring. Morris is up to 18 at that point. And then, you know, Nurkic takes a bad three attempt, just something he shouldn't be doing, but he's probably just, just kind of hoping for looks at that point, taking what he can get because they're just not running the offense through him with him in game what they usually do. He's probably frustrated. He takes that three. Um, McCollum takes a mid-range bank shot um, with great eyes from Dame to find him, but it, it's not. It's no good. 
Roko, yet another perfect double team, this time on Jokic to force a turnover. At that point, you know, Melo almost hits his his signature fake, then step into a three to put the lead up to 17 and make the Moda Center just go bonkers. It doesn't go. And and that probably would have been one that saw this game go a completely different way with the with the Blazers being the victor. But uh, at that point, you know, Damian Miller had 19-11 before the even before the fourth quarter even began, and it, it's just it's just a master performance from him again on uh, the offensive side of the ball. If he's not getting it from three, he's gonna he's gonna get the passes, get his guys open. Um, at that point, Aaron Gordon, you know, another three. For the Nuggets, makes it 82-93, gets it down to 11. Um, couple mishaps, Nurk slips inside and doesn't get it to go. Um, draws the free throws, though, makes it 95-82. Um, Lillard, at that point, another dagger three that could have been, should have been, but wasn't. And uh, that would have definitely killed the Nuggets' energy, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Jokic gets on a fast break. He's, he's only at 22 points for him, you know. <laughs> Not not a crazy high scoring game. Blazers are contained him fairly well, um, but then in the in the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter, Jokic just really takes off. He gets a couple steals and and open court baskets. Um, Simons plays some great D down the stretch, but Morris is just is just cooking. Uh, he had he had twenty eight in the prior game, and now he's you know getting up past twenty again. Jokic just keeps getting steals. Keeps getting those, you know, defensive plays to make it happen on the offensive end when he's coming down. Uh, he gets up to 27 pretty quickly. And uh, at that point, you know, Nurkic is starting to get into a little foul trouble. He actually fouls out in this game. Tatum hits a couple free throws, making 99-93. Um Somehow there's no travel call on the Nuggets down in the paint. Probably something Portland could have challenged. Um, but they keep the ball in that possession. Next play, Lillard probably should have had an and one, but he gets two free throws to make it 101-93. Kudos to Portland getting 100-plus in just three quarters. Um, but you just cannot allow the Nuggets to have over 90 in three quarters. Um, you can't allow that Morris shaky one-handed three at the buzzer. Start of the fourth quarter, Paul Millsap gets a short mid-range jumper to go. Um, you know, him down the stretch in this game, he's not the guy who was torching the Blazers in 2019. Um, you can't allow him to make those open shots. That's that's what he's done his whole career is get open. Um, he's an expert on the Hawks in that offense, just finding his shot, making shots for his team. You have to force passes with him, get him out of, get him out of that post where he creates for himself. And uh, they weren't they weren't able to do that at the start of the fourth quarter. Rondé Hollis Jefferson comes in with some great D. He forces a turnover on Millsap, which is exactly what they needed at that point. Guarding him, uh, CJ gets a great look, miss mid range, another great look, miss mid range. Um, then Dame almost hits a three in heavy coverage, so that's eight points right there that they just they just didn't have um, down the stretch. You gotta you gotta admit that that definitely wasn't really on them because they were great shots and they just they couldn't get them to fall. Um, they were in and out a lot of them. At that point, it's 102 to 101 Denver. Denver's starting to get their momentum their way. Uh, Melo just absolutely bangs a mid-range three. He turns down the three-point shot and steps in for a great two to get the lead again. Um, at that point, 
they put two guys on Michael Porter Jr. prevent an off balance three. Then they they pass it out. Rivers gets stripped by CJ. Just a lot of guys really you know contributing on the defensive end, getting steals, um, but they're not preventing buckets, and that's that's definitely something. I'm sure they're gonna, you know, try and improve in the off season because that's that's their biggest flaw is is those those open shots that they're just not not getting a hand on. MPJ turns it over again with two guys on him pressuring him, um, but but next possession down the court, Morris hits an open three, um, you know, just makes it 105, 106, and uh, you, you can't. You can't like what you see down the down the stretch there from Morris and, and Rivers on this offense just because when they get going in this series, it's bad news for the Blazers. Um, Nurkic has a great interior pass. CJ misses a very high percentage shot. And uh, Jokic then hits a big three on Nurkic, gets him up to 32. You see the Nuggets take a lead 108 to 106. Typical fashion, fashion for this Nuggets team because once Jokic gets going, the whole team kind of does, and it's, it's downhill from there for anyone facing them. Um, Nurk does a beautiful fake driving layup to tie the game at 108 but uh, down the stretch you know you gotta love the D Nurkic plays on Jokic on the interior he's not really guarding him on the perimeter that's not really his his forte so you, you, you kind of expect that um, bad call down the stretch gives the Nuggets the ball Cortland tries to challenge it it just, it just doesn't go and uh Nuggets keep possession. Rivers just has a great take. He definitely has a giant Slayer badge in 2K, I'm sure, at this point when they update it. And uh, the rest is uh, kind of history from there. Portland Portland started to trail off, and Nurkic draws his third foul, starts to get frustrated in foul trouble yet again, um, not able to be the perimeter um, defender that he would like to be because, you know, for him to step up in a – an element of his game that's that's not all there. Um, you don't want to be in foul trouble because on a Jokic shot, you're likely getting a foul called if you can get close to it. So he's, he's definitely frustrated down the stretch. Lily misses another open mid-range shot. That puts it at probably somewhere between 6 to 10 mid-range shots and layups. Uh, Powell misses a layup down the stretch. Um, and, you know, with 10,000 fans there, this is definitely a completely different team. They play with a lot more energy, but it still wasn't enough down the stretch, that fan momentum being there. Um, Powell tries to stay out of foul trouble. He, he lets Austin River shoot a three. Uh, that makes it 117 to 108 in, in nine minutes. The first nine minutes of the fourth quarter, Portland only had seven points, just not something that's going to get it done. Um, Damian Lillard needs to be the one with the ball in his hands at the end of these plays, going into the fourth quarter and beyond. It's just something that has to happen. He wasn't even really struggling shooting tonight. Um, he wasn't even really struggling shooting during this game, and they, they still did not really go to him in in the first, you know, 75% of that fourth quarter. Uh, Dame turns it over, and uh, Dame turns it over. The Nuggets capitalized, make it 119 to 108. He has a great take to cut it down to nine points. Um he gets a three-shot foul, just a just a crucial decision to go up for that shot and, and draw the contact. He makes a 119 to 113. Um, Roko gets in there, scrappy again on Jokic, forces an out-of-bounds pass in the backcourt, and, uh, and Powell gets a great-looking three, he misses, 
No one inside to stop Jokic's layup on, on the run down from that, that fast break off. Powell's miss. Makes a 121-113. to 113. Dame gets a great look and a miss on a three. Um, you just, just hate to see that as a Portland fan because, you know, two missed threes in a row after several missed mid-range shots in the third and fourth quarter. You're looking at, like, a possible 20 points that coulda, woulda, shoulda, and it's just it's just really sad to see because this was a team that should have brought it to Game Seven easily, um, with with the open looks they were getting. Again, not really on the Blazers, not hitting those shots. It's more on the defensive end that's on them because their offense, you know, got the shots they needed to get in Stotts offense. Um, second half, Portland came out more dominant on the rebounding end after trailing in rebounds in the first half. They had thirty-seven of thirty-five boards. Um, McCollum has a great effort to force the Blazers to get the ball. They inbound it, and he cuts beautifully to the the layup to make it a six-point game. Uh, Roko D's up Jokic, but nobody rebounds. They pass it out to Aaron Gordon on a missed shot, and he hits a three-dagger to make it a nine-point game with less than two minutes left, and and that's that's the ball game for them. Uh, Lillard shoots another three that goes in and out, would made a six-point game, maybe manageable, but that's the ball game, folks, and definitely a saddening way to end the season. But you, you gotta, um, you gotta go forward knowing that there's going to be big changes. There better be because this is just not the performance anyone wanted. You hear all the guys commenting after the game um, in a fashion that is just, you know, um, saddened and looking to to change something because the way this season went, they didn't do it this season to get it done. Um, you know, Damian Lillard has another 13 assist game, ties his own record um, for assists in one game in a playoff match, and you just you got to give him credit for that. Just just a beautiful performance throughout this series. Um, even when he's not scoring, he's dropping dimes, and it's just this season. You look at it as a whole, and uh, it just was not there for them. They didn't have the defensive prowess they expect to get from Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. Kerry Stotts kind of kind of um, says late in the season that Derek Jones Jr. isn't really um, you know making a huge impact on the defensive end when he's in, saying that you know it's it's about the same with or without him on the court. So then he kind of starts leaving him off the court. Um, he didn't really play in this series, um, but when he did play, he had he was you know getting tips and everything. He was very, very intense and productive defensively. So hopefully, with this team, he has a role going forward. Um, Stotts gets fired. He you know they mutually agreed to part ways, but essentially he's fired. And uh, going forward, a lot is up in the air. So that's that's the aftermath of this game. Um, you know. Stotts was quoted in the series a couple times about Jokic saying, you know, um, he's going to get his, so we kind of just have to prevent other guys from getting theirs. Not a great strategy for this series because everyone around Jokic can shoot, can get inside, would dribble drive and, and kick it out to another three-point shot, probably from Michael Porter Jr., who's the second creator. Um, his team has definitely has a big two, and, you know, those quotes from Stotts are kind of similar to what we've heard throughout the year. Um, 
just kind of a mentality that that probably isn't going to get it done. Um, not just to be a high seed in the regular season, but to make it far in the playoffs. You know, um, in, in the regular season, he was quoted a few times saying, like, accountability is a catchphrase. Um, and, you know, just not really holding guys accountable, um, which is which is what you see the, the absolutely amazing coaches do. Um, they get on their guys um, respectfully, but you get on your guys and you make sure they don't, you know, put out the same product if they had a bad product the game before. And uh, that's not something he was he was known for this year. Um, you see him exit in the first round, you know, for the third time in four years. Um, one of them being a sweep, the other one being a four-one series loss before this four-one series loss. And it's just it's just not something with Damian Lillard on your roster that you can probably go forward with after several seasons like that. So. So Stott and the Blazers agree to part ways, and uh, that opens up the coaching carousel for the Blazers. So that's the aftermath of this: is that we get you know several candidates already in the mix and rumors um, for the Blazers. There are some big ones, but but some of them are you know Mike D'Antoni, who had some unsuccessful runs with the Knicks and Rockets. I doubt they go that way. Um, Jeff Van Gundy, who probably isn't you know, in the top echelon of who they want to get. Um, they want to be a great defensive team, but they, they want to stay great on offense. And, and he just doesn't have a history with, you know, deep playoff runs with, with that formula. Um, the two big candidates are, are Chauncey Billups and, and Jason Kidd with uh, Juwan Howard being, you know, kind of like a, a you know, second, second uh, option there. And Chauncey Billups and, Jason Kidd, you know, known defensive staples on every team they were on, just clamped guys down. They know how to do it. Um, they're starting to get, you know, their feet into coaching. Um, not to mention, Damian Lillard comes flat out, and uh, and he says, you know, Jason Kidd is the guy I want. Um, Jason Kidd, you know, is probably better as a coach with a star point guard than a center star like he had in Milwaukee where he didn't have success um, just because that's the position he played and he's he is just such a such a basketball mind at the point guard position um, both on offense and defense how to get it done how to win a championship like he did with the Mavericks in 2011 um, Chauncey Billups also won a championship with the Pistons and he's now an assistant coach on the Clippers you gotta, you gotta believe that you know the Clippers make a deep run, perhaps to the finals this year, and uh, he he's he's a higher candidate for that head coaching job with with the Blazers, known for his defense, um, and he played with the Pistons, known for his defense, now on a Clippers team that's you know very very good on offense with Kawhi and Paul George, but definitely an emphasis on defense with their roster. You got Reggie Jackson. Um, Kawhi, PG, um, you know, you got guys in there that are known for their defense and uh, definitely be interesting to see him in Portland. But those those are probably the two primary options, Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd. Uh, we'll see going forward probably the next few weeks, um, you know, what transpires. I'm sure they're going to try to get someone soon to turn this train around of negative energy that's kind of been around the Blazers with crazy trade talks going on again. 
per usual with, you know, the end of the season with a mid-market team that, you know, struggles in the playoffs. They've had it, you know, other than the year they went to the conference finals against the Warriors. They've had it pretty much every year in the playoffs. You know, is Stott's going to be fired? Are they going to completely get rid of Dame and CJ? Um, you know, Damian Lillard always says that he's, he's in it for the long haul with this team. You know, there's a couple seasons ago, some guys tried to get him to join a super team, and he he was um, quoted as saying, per Earl Watson, former Blazer, um, that, you know, during those seasons, he came to Earl Watson and said, I want to beat these super teams. I don't really want to join them. And uh, so that's that's something you got to keep in mind going forward, that he's in it for the long haul, but he's, he's definitely going to try to have some more say um, with this Blazers organization, who they hire. Um, you know, who they trade for, stuff like that, because he, he's in the absolute peak of his career. And before it starts, you know, going downhill from there, he, he wants to win a ring. And uh, if they can't provide, you know, the um, confidence that they're going to win a ring this offseason, maybe, maybe they lose Dame, um, someone who is completely loyal to the soil, but you just can only push a guy so far before he, um, you know, he loses trust in you. Um, even someone such as Dane, just because, you know, they kind of promised this team in the offseason, they'd improve on defense, getting Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr. Um, but that, that just didn't happen. And then, you know, Zach Collins didn't play, which I think is a very um, underrated occurrence for this year. I think if he was on this team, you don't see teams scoring 130, 140 on the Blazers um, just because they, they have interior trouble besides Nurkic guarding. They, you know, they got Cantor um, and Mello, and not a, other guys, not a lot of other guys that can guard big. So you put Zach Collins on this team, I think it, I think it might change their fate. Um, but I don't think going into offseason, Damon, CJ um, are going to be okay with just running it back with a healthy Zach Collins because – um, there, there are teams with three stars, um, these super teams in the West, and um, it's just it's not going to be enough to compete with them. So going forward, um, some dismal comments from Josip Nurkic. Nurkic um, quoted saying, I don't know if I'm going to be back um, per the Oregon Live, and uh, you know, talking about essentially um, wanting to be on a team that can compete for a championship. Um, he flat out said, this is not it. Um, this is a guy you just cannot let walk. Got to either get him in on the mission here, on the mission statement, or, you know, get a trade for him, get someone else in there that can protect the rim and uh, provide what he provides on offense just because he's, you know, he's essentially the third guy on this this team. And uh, you lose him flat out, and this, this team's just probably doomed to tank. So um, very, very underrated um, contribution from Nurkic every time he's out on the court, um, just because he's not the most well-known name. Jokic kind of got the got the you know golden attention in in Denver when they both first got there, and, and they went forward with Jokic, got rid of Nurkic. So um, people just assume you know Jokic is far ahead of him. Um, I think Nurkic is very underrated and uh, very very important to this team when he's absolutely healthy. Um, you know, came to the season reportedly a little bit out of shape, had an injury, missed 32 games, and uh, 
you can't exactly say that he was 100% in his playoffs just because he missed half the season and guys just can't perform at their top tier of who they are um, without, you know, playing most of the season. And uh, you look into this offseason, you wonder who are they going to get? Who are they going to bring in? Are they going to trade C.J. McCollum? Um, Dame is probably off the table unless, you know, everyone is just still demoralized at the end of the season and they, they got to make a move because he just doesn't want to be on this team. Um, I don't see that happening. I think that's very unlikely. I think he's very willing to work with the team. And I think he's got a lot of great opinions that can put this team in the right direction. And they need to listen to him. That being said, um, you know, the first thing you look to is free agency. Um, unless there's a Kawhi Leonard miracle this offseason, the Clippers losing the first round to the Mavericks, and just all the stars align, I don't think they're going to get him. Um, John Collins is probably the only player after Kawhi uh, that can take the Blazers further in the playoffs. You look at all the other available free agents, um, in an offseason where the Blazers need to have a darling offseason, you're looking at a slew of just older point guards. You don't have you know many years left. Um, or guys that are in their prime but are in the same position as Dame or CJ where they'd be the ones with the ball dominant uh, performance in every game. You look at Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, Victor Oladipo, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Evan Fournier, and Duncan Robinson at the guard positions. Um, all pretty much out of the question just because they have two guys. You know, they're going to start and be their one and two. Um I think next season CJ's going to get back to, if he stays with the Blazers, I think he's going to get back to that 26-point-a-game mark that he was at at the beginning of this year. He fell off from it just with a fractured foot. Um, That's got to, I'm sure that had to be bothering him throughout the time he came back and going into the playoffs, and it couldn't have helped playing over 50 minutes in that double overtime game going into game six. Um, With that being said, probably not looking to improve with the guard position. Maybe they make a run for someone like Lonzo Ball, um, you know, to get them better on the defensive end. I think anyone like Duncan Robinson is out of the question just because he's not going to help them on defense. Um, at the forward position, you know, a few more names available. Like I said, John Collins being the main one. Then Andre Drummond, uh, who can maybe get back to uh, the higher form of his play that he, that he kind of missed out on this year with the Lakers, not really getting the opportunity. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr., um, another person riddled with injuries. They probably don't want to put him on the same team as Nurkic and, and keep up that, um, you know, fear of injury throughout the season that it's going to just blow their whole season away. Um, which, you know, you see with the Warriors, if he had been a part of that team healthy, they probably, um, would have had a much better season just because he was, he was a good third or fourth guy, you know, coming in, giving great minutes on both ends of the floor. Uh, Lori Markkinen, Jared Allen, and Rashawn Holmes. Uh, pretty pretty significant underdogs for the Blazers to even take a look at just because, um, you know, they're looking to put a guy next to Nurkic that, that can be the number four on this team. Uh, maybe the number three kind of kind of shared role with Nurkic um, just to go back and forth. You know, when someone needs to sit out, the other guy can step up and, and get, you know, double-doubles. Um Someone like Allen, I could I could see them going after just because this is a team that needs to improve on defense. He's a rim protector. He runs the floor. He's going to give you that energy night in and night out. 
Um, but you got to keep in mind the Blazers are restricted financially just because they paid CJ and Dan so much. Um, you know, going into this draft coming up in July, um, nothing the Blazers can do. I doubt that they'd trade up for a pick because they want to. They definitely want to win now. Um, it's looking a lot like the Rocket season uh, going into the last two years here down the stretch before they got rid of Harden, um, where it's it's win now or bust and rebuild because they're going to lose their stars. So I don't see them doing anything to draft. Um, even with a lottery pick, looking back uh, to the last LeBron season with the Cavs, they drafted Colin Sexton. They got him a point guard, and he's still, you know, still – planned on leaving and everything. So even if the Blazers got a lottery pick, I don't see them realistically increasing the confidence of Dame, CJ, and Nurk that this team is going to is gonna blow up the playoffs next year at all. Um, so there's not much they can do outside of coaching and trades. Um, down the road, we'll definitely look at more trade options for this team, um, you know, with various members of uh, – other podcasts that cover other teams, see people that, you know, maybe the Blazers could use. Um, but as of right now, it's looking like coaching is what they need to do next. Um, they need to get a, a new coach. You know, David Vanterpool, um, guy Damon Lillard really loved, um, probably not looking to, to add a newer coach who um, doesn't have experience in the finals or anything like that. They're probably looking to add Chauncey Billups or Jason Kidd who have a ring and um, they believe can get the team to that point. So definitely a lot to look forward to in this offseason. Um, not a lot of optimism, but a chance for optimism is what we Blazers fans are hoping for going forward, that they make the right move at the coaching level and then try to keep together this core and, and you know make this core more of a core this offseason because this is the um, – third or fourth time they've ran it back this 2020-21 season and, and uh, didn't have much success. So a lot of changes certainly coming forward. At that point, we'll, we'll transfer over and take a look at the rest of these playoffs, which have just been bonkers. Um, what, a, what a playoff first round thus far it's been. Um, still waiting on you know the results of that game seven between the Mavericks and Clippers. I'm sure it'll be just a a battle on both ends um, between several stars. But so far in the Western Conference playoffs, we we got um, one series decided. We got the Suns about to face the the Denver Nuggets. And uh, we have the Utah Jazz undetermined who they're going to play from that that seven-game series. Um, But the Jazz in the first round played the Grizzlies, and it – Definitely, um, you know, was a battle of guards in that series. John Morant against Donovan Mitchell, both known for the game on both sides of the ball. First game, John Morant just drops a masterpiece of a game, especially for, a, you know, a second-year player, um, averaging just near, just over 32 points a game in this series. Um, John Morant, like I said, an elite performance in that first game, um, but then Donovan Mitchell starts to come back in the last few games. Uh, from an injury, even though he desperately wanted to play in the first game. Coach kept him out. Donovan Mitchell back in full force. Two straight 30-point games. Uh, games four and five, they take that series 4-1. Phoenix against L.A., uh, uh, probably the most 
highly anticipated series um, of these playoffs so far, um, just because Phoenix looked like they could take the Lakers, and the Lakers looked like you know LeBron is going to be the the hungriest he's been to try and survive the series. He he knew he he had to go into it and be dominant. Um, Phoenix takes care of a discombobulated Lakers team. Anthony Davis only plays five minutes in game six. Um, prior to that, um, you know, the Lakers, the Lakers had a chance. They were up two to one. Um, looked like it was going their way. Chris Paul, um, went out in, uh, game, game three with an injury. And, uh, you know, it looked like he had been roughed up pretty good. You think back to the Rockets run, how crucial he was when they were against the Warriors in the conference finals. And how when he went out, they, they, they kind of lost their edge. And he was their edge. Um, it looked a lot like that in this series. It looked like Chris Paul being injured going forward. Um, the Lakers would, would be able to come back just because Chris Paul is, is you know, uh, definitely a, a top eight MVP candidate for this year. This what he was able to do to get this Suns team to the second seed in the, in the West. Um, you know, Suns take the final three games with relative ease. You know, game three, um, Chris Paul got banged up, only had seven points, comes back, follows it up with 18 and nine, a nine and six game. And then, of course, um, the eight point, 12 assist game in game six, where he just kept setting up Devin Booker. Devin Booker kept getting his, dropped 47 points. Um, and, and the, and the, uh, Suns take that series in six games. Um, with AD struggling with his groin, not able to contribute, and you know just an absolute throttling by 30 points in Game Six. You see how badly this team needs AD. Um, sure, this offseason they're going to reload and uh, put some talent around those two because Lakers are another team like the Blazers where they had high expectations for the season and and big changes are coming. So this is definitely going to be you know one of the off seasons in the last 10 years that. It goes down in history as is probably the most um, drastically changing um, of of rosters. You know what I mean? So like, you look at this off season, and it's it's probably going to go down as one of the seasons where where rosters of the the big you know six to eight teams drastically changed because they they didn't perform in the first few rounds of the playoffs the past year. Um, so that being said, you know. We got that series set, Nuggets and Suns. It's going to be, you know, a dog fight. Um, both sides play great on both sides of the ball. Even though the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray, they have Monte Morris, Compazzo, Rivers, um, just a plethora of guys that are going to come in at the guard position to support that that strong front court of MPJ and Jokic. And then, of course, Will Barton might even come back and, you know, he can drop 15 any night. So that'll, that'll be an interesting series. Um Clippers Mavericks, like I said earlier, going to a game seven. Doncic had some neck injuries early after getting that 2-0 lead. Clippers come back to make it two to two. And uh looks like, you know, the Nuggets it looks like the Mavericks, um, with Porzingis not really contributing like an all-star and, and Doncic um looking battle torn. Uh this series is gonna go the other way in the Clippers' favor. Um, then you get a game five, just poetry in motion game from Luka Doncic. 
responsible for 31 of his team's 37 field goals, 42 points, six three-pointers, several of them in the first half, just very tough shots, and then 14 assists um, going into game six with that 3-2 lead. Um, Kawhi answers with just a beautiful game of his own with 45 points. Um, like I said, on the other end, Doncic doing his best, but not really that support from Porzingis. Um, definitely getting it from Tim Hardaway Jr., though. It'll be interesting to see in Game 7, so keep an eye on that, how uh, those three perform. And uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is great at closing games, so we'll see how that goes. Over to the Eastern Conference, Wizards and 76ers, probably the most unanticipated series of the playoffs so far, um, just because of what Embiid and Simmons have been able to do this year compared to the struggles. Um the 76ers team has had just with not having that much depth um, from past years, not really adding, you know, those core pieces. Um, but Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, i got to credit them for their beautiful season. Um, you know, Bradley Beal, second in scoring in the league, um, even with injuries riddling him throughout the year. And Russell Westbrook putting up triple doubles as usual this year. Um, a lot of games with over, you know, 15 boards or 15 assists, just crazy crazy numbers for a point guard, the amount of effort he puts in. Um, pretty dominant series win for the Sixers. Um, they got, you know, one stolen from them by the Wizards when Embiid was out in game game four, forced to game five, but, uh, but the 76ers ended up taking care of the Wizards. You know, Simmons stepped up in Embiid's second game out with a triple-double. He had 17 points, 10 boards, and 11 assists. Played great defense, and then Tobias Harris known on defense as well, had 28 points, nine boards, and six assists. So that third guy, Tobias Harris, definitely stepping up um, to be that second guy without Embiid there. Shows you what he's capable of. And, uh, you know, going down the stretch, seeing what Philadelphia can do with uh, hopefully Embiid coming back is going to be interesting. Next, we got the Hawks and Knicks, which was a back and forth between games one and two. Um, but, you know, the rest is, is kind of history from there. The Hawks taking care of business. Trey Young, game one, hush-hushes the Knicks, says it's uh, it's it's quiet as bleep in here, and, uh, and that kind of sets in motion the momentum for this series. Um, he had 32 points, seven boards, and 10 assists in, um, in game one. Just a dominant performance for, for you know, a, a third-year player. Um, Derrick Rose... Brilliant in game two, 26 points, only one turnover. Kind of carries the team to a victory um, with Julius Randle still struggling from game one. Um, looking a little, you know, out of sorts in these playoffs compared to the regular seasons because he's, ne- he's never been in a postseason. So you, you can expect that, but you can also expect him to bounce back as the most improved player candidate this year. Um, number one for that award, you know, I'm sure sure he's going to bounce back next year and it's going to be a strong next team again. But um, other than game two, Atlanta took care of business. Uh, game three, seven players in double figures. Trey with 21 points and 14 assists. And then, you know, 30 from Derrick Rose in that game three, but it wasn't enough in the second half when, when Atlanta pulled away. And we kind of see that. Um, the rest of the series, Atlanta is starting to pull away in that second half like they've done this year in games. Um, Hawks pull away in game four. Jay Randall found his groove a little bit with 23-10-7. and seven. Um, You know, Barrett and Rose, R.J. Barrett and Derrick Rose were contributing for um, New York, but it, it just wasn't enough for Trey Young and 
John Collins combined 49 points. John Collins stepped up when it was needed in Game 4. Sure, we'll see him do that later again in the playoffs. Um, despite some frustration, the regular season of, of not getting his touches um, from you know Coach McMillan's offense. Um, this is this is a definitely going to be a playoff rivalry going forward. Two strong young teams growing um, already in the fourth and fifth seed. I'm sure they'll have better records even next year. Um, just looking at that East and how it's basically the gamut of you know the Bucks, Nets. Celtics when they're healthy, um, and then the Seven Sixers, Hawks, and and Knicks, um, and the Heat. You know, looking to get back into that, but this year they they didn't really have it. Um, so those eight teams look like they're going to be the young, you know, star teams going forward. Um, with the Nets and Bucks looking the most experienced, but back to business. The the Knicks and Hawks in Game Five. Hawks just dominate behind Trey's thirty six. Um, you know, McMillan's comments going into this series about how the uh, the Knicks are going to get foul calls because, the you know, the league is kind of promoting them. They're one of the big franchises, and Atlanta's a smaller market. You got that comment. You got Trey Young shushing the Knicks fans. And uh, the, just the amount of energy the Garden brings and, you know, the uh, the boos and cheers when when uh, the opposing team is uh, flopping and flailing. And... Uh, you just got to believe that that energy from the garden next time the Hawks, you know, face this next team, it's just going to be a dogfight from now on because you just have all those forces going at each other. And uh, the garden is definitely egging on Trey Young. And so you look for You got to look forward to that in season to come. Milwaukee sweeps Miami. Not a lot to say there. Um, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy struggle all series, getting their jumpers to go. And uh, not much from the supporting cast there. And then you see Giannis averaging close to 24 points, 15 boards, and 8 assists throughout the series. Close to a triple-double for, you know, a forward. Um, just a master class performance from him. Uh, the Bucks win the last three after a close, you know, overtime game in Game 1. Made this look like a series. No longer look like a series those last three games. They won by a combined 80 points. And so... That series, paired with uh, the Bucks Celtics series, gets us a Bucks Nets matchup. That's that's just going to be a, a prime time darling, I'm sure, and uh, should be a dogfight and an interesting one. Bucks Celtics, you know, game one, Kevin Durant had 32, big three had a combined 82 points. Just something you you're starting to expect from this team. Um, you know, the short time they've had together in the second half of the regular season, and uh, going into these playoffs, three guys that. Um, you know, have either gotten close to the finals or, you know, have won multiple finals. Um, they're guys that, um, you know, aren't necessarily known for their team basketball, but when you put them together, they, they trust each other and they, they trust the great cast around them that this Nets organization has put together with Joe Harris, Claxton, um, Dinwiddie when he's healthy, you know, guys like that. Um, just just providing that you know those other options for them on the floor, they can all guard anybody too. You put Blake Griffin in there; he's he's kind of researched a little bit as a strong, um, you know, fourth, fifth, or sixth option on this team uh, with their star power in the first three positions. And you just see the same thing <clears throat> in game two. 
However, you know, slow start in game one, kind of getting that playoff chemistry started for their first game ever together as a big three. Um, they turned it around in game two in the first half and just dominate from the very beginning. Um, you know, they get 61 points from the big three. Not the crazy numbers, you know, you're probably going to see in other games for this big three, but definitely, you know, enough to get it done. Um, game three, Tatum stops the bleeding, scores 50. Another 50-point game for him this season. And uh, they get the dub for the Celtics, despite 96 from the Nets' big three. Um, Kyrie only shot 35% in that game. But nonetheless, you know, it came down to the wire. And uh, Jason Tatum got it done as, you know, one of the top 15 players in this league. But uh, wasn't enough going forward. You just can't get 50 from, uh, you know, your main guy every night when there's, there's not a a great healthy supporting cast around him and so game four Kyrie follows it up with 39 and 11 assists putting aside any questions that you know he's going to struggle all these playoffs or anything like that um media of course gets on him just because of just his relationship with the media he's not very open to them um he doesn't really want to tell them everything about his life you know what i mean which honestly i respect and um, it just comes down to the fact that, you know, they're going to they're gonna say that in Brooklyn and New York, big markets. They're going to say, oh, Kyrie's, you know, not who he was, but he sure showed who he was in game four. And uh, game five came around, big three. Not to mention in game four, 104 points combined, 141 points total. Game five, big three had a combined 83. Harden took over f- for the first time in his playoffs with 34, 10, and 10. You know, a solid triple-double. Um, to close out that series, um, like I said, these these second round matchups are just are just bonkers. You got Nuggets, Suns, 76ers, Hawks, and Bucks Nets set. Um, with you know the Jazz looking forward to whoever they'll play from that Mavs Clippers series. Um, my money's on the on the uh, Clippers there. Just you gotta you gotta appreciate what Kawhi can do in the playoffs when he's healthy and what he can do for a team. Um, so that being said, that's the playoff, you know, background for this episode. Thanks for joining us and, uh, more to come in depth on the playoffs next week. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in to Blazing the Path, a Portland Trailblazers podcast hosted by Rob Hetherington. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for weekly episodes. 